Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary on uh, Midweek Edition, talking a whole lot of football today. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in. For those of you watching on YouTube, I always appreciate it. For those of you who are listening in podcast form, thank you very much. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, CouchPotatoDiary, at Yahoo.com. Coming up on the program today, we're going to talk a little CFL as we get into the power rankings. We are also uh, going to look at the NFL as our season preview continues. Uh, this one was uh, a hit last year, so we're doing it again. It is the most talented teams in the NFL list. And then we have another mock draft that we are going to do. Uh, so once again, should be a very fun show. Thank you all so much for, like I said, downloading. Thank you all so much for watching. If you're watching, subscribe, like. If you're listening, um, subscribe as well rate and review wherever you possibly can, uh, and those always help the show out greatly. So, uh, thank you all so much, and let's get on with it and start talking about the Canadian Football League. All right, it is time for your CFL Power Rankings for this week in the Canadian Football League. A big week as we get ready for the biggest week of the season. Saying week a lot. It's Labor Day week in the Canadian Football League. It all gets going with BC against Montreal, and then the traditional matchups of uh, Saskatchewan against Winnipeg, Toronto against Hamilton, and the weekend closes with a barn burner matchup of the Calgary Stampeders. Taking on... Elks of Edmonton. Um, and we begin the power rankings in uh, what has become now a usual way, but was unusual for the first part of the season, with the Ottawa Red Blacks in at the number nine spot. I guess this isn't a, um, uh, a new usual way, but because um, this was Hamilton a week ago, and then they pick up a big win and leapfrog a bunch of teams. Ottawa, I I was buying in for a little bit. I I, I genuinely and honestly really was buying in for, uh, for a little bit there, but it just hasn't really worked uh, the the last few weeks. They've been in some games, but I, and I, I think they found something in Crumb. But the rest of the team isn't holding up the way that I thought they would after a, a wild performance against the Stampeders. It is just simply too easy to pass on this team, and that is really starting to to burn them on a, a weekly basis. So I have Ottawa in at number nine. I do still have Edmonton at number eight. The, the hottest team in the Canadian Football League has now won two games in a row and have won at home for the first time since changing their name um, and for the first time since 2019. Obviously, there was a season that was missed in there, but that's still pretty bad. Um, they, they seem to have an answer at quarterback. It's amazing. It took them half the season to figure out that they had an answer at quarterback, but they might have had that answer. And now um, they have folks out here in Calgary wondering if, this might end up being a last place Calgary St. Peter's team. The good thing for the Elks is that the rest of the division has not pulled away in any meaningful capacity. Uh, the, the the bad news is they, they even still put themselves in a real deep hole, but at least they're playing quality football now for the first time this season. At seven, it is the Calgary Stampeders who continue to falter. Um... They have come through this stretch against very good teams with one victory, which is admittedly one more than I thought they were going to have after they beat Toronto following Chad Kelly's injury. This has been a very rough stretch for the Stampeders, and if it's not the offense that's stumbling, it's the defense that's having an issue. If it's not the defense that's stumbling, um, it's the offense that, that's stumbling. If, it, if it's neither of them, then they're giving away kick return touchdowns. This has not been a consistent team all season long. It has completely fallen apart out here in Calgary, and it needs to get going now, or else it's, it's going to be a long one for the, the Calgary Stampeders. At six, it is Hamilton. Two of the weirdest results of the season. One, they lost to Edmonton. Two, they beat BC the week after that. I 
I still think this is a, a good, not great football team at its peak. I, I think Orlando Steinauer is one of the top coaches in the league, um, but I, I think he is in a very difficult spot. We talked about this when I was on Sportsnet today, yesterday, um, talking about the interesting spot that Hamilton is in, given the restrictions around coaching hires and things of that nature. But th this is a, a Hamilton team that still has high expectations, and they're still hanging around. We'll, we'll see if they can start putting some consistent efforts together, but they have a difficult matchup this week in the Toronto Argonauts. At five, it is Montreal, and admittedly, there may be some bias happening here with uh, Saskatchewan. Montreal probably should be higher. That They seem to have figured out uh, a few things now. Um, offensively, they're starting to roll. Defensively, there's so much talent on that squad. So um, Montreal feels like a team that is on the rise. And if there is a, another team that's going to move into that top tier, which probably not, but if there is, um, Montreal seems to be it. But for now, Saskatchewan is in that spot as they move into the, or stay in the four hole after beating BC last week. They were on by this week. Smart Money says they're going to go 0-2 against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but th this is a, a Saskatchewan team. Maybe they found an answer at quarterback. I'm not a Mason Fine guy, but maybe they have their answer at quarterback. I still like what this team can do defensively, So, and, and they have a number of options all around the field. Now the players are getting healthy. That This is a, a sneaky, dynamic football team. Again, they aren't close to the top three, but they are closer than they were a few weeks ago, at least. And then you get into the top three. Um, at three, it's now very clearly BC after a couple banana peels have been slipped on. They have a tough task against Montreal this week, but they do need to get back on track, and I think they will. Vernon Adams is a very good quarterback, and this is an extremely talented football club. But this is the difference between them and the number two team. Winnipeg. Um, has been doing this pretty consistently for three years now. BC is kind of new to this being awesome thing, uh, this iteration, that the Lions have obviously had awesome teams before, but this iteration of the BC Lions are kind of new to being awesome, and um, the last step is consistently being awesome. Winnipeg's managed to do that, and so they're in at number two. And at number one, it is the Toronto Argonauts, their only stumble this season, coming with uh, their backup quarterback in... Every team's done that this year. So um, Toronto continues to impress with a, a couple of big performances. And and unlike the, the Stampeders, all, even if something stumbles, the other side is there to not only like just do their part, but pick up the other side. And, and they're coming up with some major special teams plays as well. So um, things going really well out in Toronto, and that is why they are the number one team, once again, in the CFL Power Rankings this week. Let's get into some NFL conversation. If you're watching on YouTube, I must have looked terrified there. I was checking something and didn't realize the, the animation was so quick. Um, the uh, NFL previews continue as we are just over a week away from the start of the NFL season. And with that comes a, a whole lot of excitement as, as we get uh, closer and closer. Last year, I, I thought we nailed it with our, our preview with the most talented teams in the NFL. And this week, we are unveiling that. I was going to say unraveling it, but I, I that might be accurate. But we are unveiling this team one more time. Um, coming in in... Uh, yeah, we'll do this in reverse order. Um, okay, coming in at number five, I have the Miami Dolphins as one of the most talented teams this year. It feels weird that you have to put the caveat of, well, if the quarterback can stay healthy, because that's the same for basically everyone but San Francisco. Every other team on this list, if their starting quarterback got hurt, they'd be in some trouble. Now, Miami's certainly seems like he has a bit more of a clear path, but again, everyone's a knock in the head away from having concussion problems. So... I, I feel like some of the concern about Miami is a little bit overblown. Um, 
And you you look like the offense has so much speed, right? Like Raheem Mostert, fast. Tyreek Hill, super fast. Uh, Jalen Waddle, also very fast. Um, you, you have Tua Tungavailoa, who, when he was healthy last year, was absolutely dynamite and was the quarterback that everyone thought he was going to be. Um, he's exceptional. On the defensive side, they acquire Bradley Chubb, um, Xavier Howard, Jalen Phillips, um, Jalen Ramsey went healthy. That they have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball as well, and. I, I like the coaching staff. I, I think Vic Vangio, he was the only defensive coordinator who came up in our difference makers. Um, Mike McDaniels, I, I think, is a difference maker as a, a head coach. So all over the board, this team has a ton of talent. At number four, it's a team I can't quit, the LA Chargers. You look, uh, they um, draft Quinton Johnson. They keep Austin Eckler. So you have a number of extremely dynamic um, skill position players. You have Justin Herbert, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. And on the defensive side, you have Bosa, you have have Khalil Mack, who can still get after the quarterback at least. You have Derwin James in that secondary. That This is a team that has talent across the board. It has been the coaching talent that has got in their way. I love the acquisition of Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator for this club, and so because of that, I think that this is a team that actually has the, the potential to do some damage this year in the AFC. We'll be doing our uh, win total predictions coming up next week, but when we do, that the Chargers are probably going to be talked upon favorably one more time. Any issue the Chargers have had the last couple of years has not been because of a lack of talent. At three, I put the San Francisco 49ers. They have mega talent everywhere except for at the quarterback position, right? Like, the skill position players, it's obvious. It's McCaffrey, um... It is Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle on the defensive side of the ball. It, it, Bosa. Oh, they also have Trent Williams, one of the best offensive linemen in the league. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, it, it, it's Bosa and a number of other, uh, Warner, number of other different players on that team that are just stupid talented. So th this is an extremely, and then in the coaching ranks, obviously. So th this is an incredibly talented team. The thing that separates them from the team above them, the Philadelphia Eagles, is the quarterback spot. Because the Eagles have talent everywhere, too. The, the Eagles have probably the best offensive line in the NFL. They have scary good skill possession, uh, skill position players. And I think they upgraded that this year by acquiring DeAndre Swift to replace Miles Sanders. And then on the defensive side of the ball, it, it feels like they kind of got exposed a little bit by having to play any real competition in the playoffs. But you're going to get exposed by the top two or three teams in the league. So th there's still a ton of talent on the defensive side there as well. Um, I, I think this is just, it's such a deep team all the way around. And at number one, it's Kansas City. Um, the skill position players maybe aren't there. The defensive side of the ball maybe isn't there. But they have Patrick Mahomes. Um, and that amount of talent alone trumps basically everything that is out there. They have the most talented player, I think, to have ever played the most important position. So that gets you number one. Also Andy Reid. Also Travis Kelsey. Um, Chris Jones is holding out, so that's a bit of a problem. But th this is, like, the skill position players ain't it, but you have Mahomes, so that's enough. So they are, in my opinion, the most talented team in the NFL. Let's get to uh, a little bit more football talk now as we get into another mock draft. Mock draft number nine. Um, all of these have been available in podcast form. If you've missed any of them, um, you can go back and listen to them. A couple of them are in actual episodes of shows, but um, they're, they're all in podcast form. And I promise we're going to be getting them up on YouTube quickly here in the next few days. Um, if you've noticed a delay, I apologize. Although if you're watching this on YouTube at this point, then the delay is obviously over. But anyway, 
we have been going through each position in a 12-team half PPR draft to um, see what is the best strategy going forward in your drafts. The last couple of times, we've ended up with the same player uh, at as our first overall pick, Saquon Barkley, but vastly different teams after that. So I am quite looking forward to seeing what we get from team number nine as we rapidly approach the close um, of this particular exercise and get ready for draft season next week. So we will hit start draft, we will hit OK, and let's get into it. One more time, I always forget that I need to mute it because this thing makes noise every time. Um, nothing unpredictable. Oh, we, we are not getting Saquon Barkley this time. He goes fifth overall. So ahead of us, uh, Christian McCaffrey goes one, Jefferson two, Jamar Chase three, Eckler four, Barkley five. You have Tyreek Hill at six, Cooper Cup seven, Travis Kelsey eight, and now we are here at the number nine spot. They are almost begging us to go Bijan Robinson, but there's one more player I'm comfortable taking ahead of Bijan in this spot, and that player is the one we're going to click on, Nick Chubb. He might be the most talented running back in the National Football League, and he is in a great spot um, in terms of competition in that backfield. So I I like what the we are getting in the possibility of going with Nick Chubb. So um, after us, Bijan Robinson goes, then it's Patrick Mahomes, Derrick Henry, and three wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, and C.D. Lamb. Quite frankly, admittedly, was really hoping that wouldn't happen. Do not, do not enjoy what just happened with that. I was hoping to go with another wide receiver here. Um, and there is still a pretty good option. So it is basically for me between Stephon Diggs at wide receiver and Josh Jacobs at running back. I think because we have two of those options there, it's too early to go with, with Josh Allen, although we have gone quarterback early, and I, I personally don't believe that it's burned us so far. So to me, it is between Josh Jacobs and Stephon Diggs, and because we have been worried about how wide receiver looks, we are going to keep this wide receiver run going and go with Stephon Diggs. Incredibly talented and also someone in a, a high-powered offense. So after Diggs, another receiver goes, and Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Jacobs does end up coming off the board. Um, this is where using ADP does kind of fall apart. There's no way Jonathan Taylor is going that early um, at any other point in drafts now, given the situation. So it, it has kind of looped around back to us. For those of you watching on YouTube, you can see what has happened since, but it's uh, Garrett Wilson has gone. A couple more quarterbacks and Hurts and Allen. Um, Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, that one kind of stings. We were hoping uh, we, we've had him on a, a few teams now. And uh, so here we are now. At quarterback, available still is Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Her Her Herbert, sorry, and Justin Fields. So we're still in a, a tier of quarterback where we're comfortable. Um... At running back, it is Jameer Gibbs, Brees Hall, Aaron Jones, Kenneth Walker, and Damian Pierce. So, no one who I feel the need to, to reach on right away. At receiver, it's Devonta Smith, Debo Samuel, um, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, and Amari Cooper with DeAndre Hopkins and DJ Moore following. We have done this a couple of times. We are going to do it here. I think Debo Samuel is one of the most talented wide receivers in this league. We brought him up on the podcast yesterday about um, undervalued players in fantasy football. I feel like the fact that we are getting him in the third round is almost criminal. So we will gladly take that. A couple more wide receivers come off the board in Smith, Ridley, and Allen. Two running backs came off in Jameer Gibbs and Aaron Jones. And another quarterback with Lamar Jackson off of the board as well. So now at running back, um, still pretty well the same. Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce, J.K. Dobbins, and Miles Sanders, your next five. At wide receiver, it's Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, and Jerry Judy. Uh, at quarterback, Burrow, Herbert, Fields, Lawrence are all still out there. I feel like, oh, and the, the tight ends, 
Kittle, Hawkinson, Waller, Pitts. I feel like we can still wait on quarterback one more go around here. Um, at running back, there's a couple of question marks there. I like Damian Pierce a lot. I love Brees Hall, but not this year. Um, coming back from an injury, that just, it concerns me a little bit. Kenneth Walker is someone, let, let's, they, they seem to, oh, maybe I just added him to a watch list. I'm not sure. Um, Kenneth Walker has been back at practice now, uh, according to this. Oh, that was 13 days ago. So Kenneth Walker is doing just fine practice-wise right now. That's an, an interesting one. To me right now, we are between Kenneth Walker and DJ Moore. Um, we have kind of tripled up with the, the the Samuel and Moore back-to-back at wide receiver before. So let's let's mix it up and see what we get when we draft Kenneth Walker and don't double up on wide, re- wide receiver there. Um, so DJ Moore does come off the board with the eighth pick of the fourth round. Two quarterbacks went right after us with Joe Burrow and Justin Fields. Another one comes off in Justin Herbert. Two tight ends come off the board in Kittle, Waller, a third tight end in Hawkinson. So now we are getting to a point where we're feeling a little bit uncomfortable. There are two tight ends... Uh, I I would take Pitts, but there are a couple of tight ends that I'm okay with, with Goddard and Ingram, but I have to get one of them. And there is one quarterback I'm okay with before the tier absolutely breaks. And so to me, this is a pressure point. Um, Just quickly making sure, running back Madison, Connor, Kamara, Javante Williams, and Dalvin Cook, I feel perfectly fine passing on all of them for now. Um, At wide receiver, McLaurin, London, Watson, Godwin, Ayuk, and Mike Williams. There's a couple in there that I'm a little worried about maybe passing on um, for a quarterback, but I'm going to assume at least one of them is going to come back around to us. So we're going to go Trevor Lawrence in this spot. Make sure that's what I'm wanting. I... I want in the, those those top six quarterbacks, I want at least one of them uh, to come back around to me. So Watson and London at wide receiver do come off. Uh, running backs, Madison, Connor, and Cook also come off of the board. And one tight end in Kyle Pitts. So it is at this point, once again, checking in at running back. We're totally fine with, with what is available. Um, still being there for a while. McLaurin, honestly, it was down to Watson and London for me. I was kind of hoping one of the two would... would swing their way back around here at the, the top part of the sixth round. They don't. So at this point, we are going to take the other onesie position, uh, and we are going to go with Dallas Goddard. Um, so we have locked in quarterback. We've locked in tight end. We are not going to be drafting backups at either of those spots. Our run on wide receivers happens with McLaurin, Williams, and Kirk, um, and Godwin and Ayuk, but they are kind of broken up a bit with Kamara, Montgomery, um, and Rashid White. More wide receivers coming off. In Evans, Pickens, uh, Smith and Jigba, and Brown. And now we are back here in the seventh round. At running back, it is A.J. Dillon, Antonio Gibson, Zach Charbonnet, and Khalil Herbert. At wide receiver, it's Michael Pittman, Deontay Johnson, Jordan Addison, Jahan Dotson, and Brandon Cooks. I'm really intrigued by Deontay Johnson. It feels like the, the more this preseason has gone on, the more people have really been talking up and people that I trust. So we are going to go... The hope here in the next couple of rounds, we're going to go Deontay Johnson, and then there's that cluster of running backs who we just went through, specifically um, Gibson, Charbonnet, Herbert. My hope is we can land one of them on the come uh, on the, the comeback around here, and I, I'll feel really good about where that this team has headed. So Johnson goes, there goes um, Gibson has been drafted, Dylan's been drafted, Dodson's drafted, but 
Uh, the, the one that we were hoping came back around to us was a Khalil Herbert. He is still there. We're not going to let it ride. We are going to take Khalil Herbert. I think we he has been a staple of basically every team we've drafted so far. I think he is the a extremely talented running back, and he's the number one back right now with Chicago. Charbonnet does get drafted, so he's not going to swing back around to us. That Zay Flowers one kind of stings a little bit, but when, when you draft in the back part on a back-to-back, -back, you can't assume that anyone you want is going to swing back around. So we are here again at the ninth overall pick of the ninth round. We have, um, at running backs available, Samaji Pirine, Elijah Mitchell, Devon Chain, and Ezekiel Elliott. At wide receiver, it's Kadarius Toney, Quinton Johnson, Traylon Burks, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Cortland Sutton. All wide receivers who I'm actually kind of fond of um, at this point. And that, that is part of how the, this offseason has kind of gone on. So maybe... Maybe this is a shift now. Maybe we should start to be looking for running backs a little bit earlier on because there are some guys now in the ninth, 10th round who we are comfortable with. I'm going to go Quinton Johnson and bank on a bit of injury issues happening with the uh, LA Chargers receiving core this year, but uh, I like Quinton Johnson quite a bit. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Tony, Odell Beckham Jr., other wide receivers will come off. Another defense goes, another quarterback goes in Aaron Rodgers, and we are back around at the fourth overall pick of the 10th round. Traylon Burks, Cortland Sutton, Elijah Moore, and Alan Lazard are available at wide receiver, and no running backs have gone in that time, so nothing changed there. I'm going to go Traylon Burks. I like his potential. I, I think that when everyone was healthy last year, including him, he was actually showing that he, he could be something. And so when we're building up the depth here in our receiver room, I think he is someone that we can count on to, to help that build that up. Cortland Sutton goes right after him. Finally, another running back goes in Samaji P. Ryan, but now another run on receivers with more uh, Lazard and Bateman going before the 10th end closes. Thielen goes at the top of the 11th round. Ezekiel Elliott was a running back who I was kind of hoping might be able to, to swing back to us. He gets drafted a couple of picks before us. Um, Cole Komet and Geno Smith were the ones who went immediately before us. So at running back right now, it's Damian Harris, Tank Bigsby, Tyler Algier, Raheem Mostert, Jalen Warren. Uh, those are the ones who are available at this point. Um... At wide receiver, it's Sky Moore, Jamison Williams, Tyler Boyd, Rasheed Rice, and Jacoby Myers, along with Romeo Dubs and Darnell Mooney. There are some back end of the draft picks that I like, some guys who we have been ending up with uh, kind of every time. I I have been talking about how I think Tank Bigsby is going to get that backfield, and so because of that, we are going to go with Tank Bigsby one more time here at the running back spot. A run of running backs here with Bigsby, Harris, Algier, and Mostert. Then it's Sky Moore. Another defense in the Ravens, a kicker in McPherson, and it is back to us. At wide receiver, I think we're, we're probably going to get one of Dubs and Mooney at the very end of this. Um, there's still a couple of running backs who I'm intrigued by. So we're going to get one of those and one of the, the wide receivers, and that's probably going to be it for our, our skill positions here. So we're going to go Jalen Warren, someone who has a, a lot of hype around him. A run on kickers has now taken place. Um, with a, a number of them coming off of the board. Kendra Miller, a uh, running back we might have thought about in that spot. Uh, Tyler Boyd is off, but our wide receiver duo does not get picked, so we're going to go with um, Romeo Dobbs here. Just a touch over... Actually, you know what? I wouldn't have that ranked that way. So I'm going to go Darnell Mooney um, as a, a big play threat for Chicago. And now with our last two picks, we haven't been in the spot for a bit, using our last two picks on kickers and defense... But we still get Miami 
in this um, in this position, we just talked about, um, if you're listening on the podcast, we just talked about the most talented teams in the league, and I, I marked down Miami. I think one of the biggest offseason acquisitions was them getting Vic Bangio, and so I, I think Miami has a, a pretty good defense that we're going to pick. And so with our final selection, we will be taking a kicker, whoever is left. But overall, this is another team. I like this team. I don't love this team. So our starting quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. Our running backs are Nick Chubb and Kenneth Walker. Our wide receivers are Stephon Diggs and Debo Samuel. Um, Tight end is Goddard. Our flex will probably be Deontay Johnson. And then we have a few guys who... Um, are some like potential depth plays and potential home run swings. It's actually a lot of home run swings here at the end with uh, Herbert, Quinton Johnston, Traylon Burks, Tank Bigsby, Jalen Warren, and Darnell Mooney. So our last kicker will, of course, be Dicker the kicker, and that will be that. So overall, I think this is a strong team. The The depth is uh, uh, quite a few hopes and wishes. Absolutely it is. But I, I think we have the potential with this team um, I, I think at least a couple of those are going to hit this year. So I do feel like there is a real strong foundation with a, a real good starting lineup on this squad. So that is, that's how we would roll if we went with the, the number nine overall selection. Thank you all so much for watching this. Uh, if you're listening on podcast, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. Um, if you are watching this on YouTube, like this video, um, subscribe to the channel. All that stuff really, really, really does help out. In terms of what is coming up next here on the channel, there will be another mock draft that will be coming out tomorrow. Um, that will be from the number 10 position. Mock draft 11 will be Friday. Mock draft 12 will be in a special Saturday episode. Also coming up on Friday. It is a Fights and Football Friday. We're going to have more NFL previews. Um, we are also going to be looking at two wrestling pay-per-views or premium platforms happening this weekend with AEW All Out and WWE. So again, my name is Peter Klein. You can find, if you're watching on YouTube, I have a podcast called Touch the Tape Diary. comes out at least three times a week. If you want to get in touch, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at Primetime Fun. Same thing goes for TikTok. Um, you can email me on the show, Touch the Tape Diary, at PK. Thank you all so much for watching. Thank you all so much for listening. And I will talk to you all later.